Good song here, Texas Radio, presented by David Gardner Jewelers in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Here in studio, should get uh, Billy on the BCSI hotline here momentarily. Break some things down with him. We'll talk some hoops. We'll talk uh, some Damani, the importance of getting him back and, and whatnot. I am excited. Like, I, I hate that we're, like, already looking ahead to the, the Kentucky game, regardless of what happens this weekend in, in Missouri. I think that uh, Kentucky atmosphere is going to be great. Uh, it's always cool when Kentucky comes to, to read, but uh, just having a little bit of hope around this this team again, I think, is, has been exciting. And uh, I am pumped about what this team can do. Uh, and we'll, we'll see. Look, Biglisi said it a few minutes ago. They have to stay in that in that top six. And he he, he mentioned the next eight games. I, I had outlined the next five games, but the next eight games, how important they are to their tournament hopes. And if you are jockeying for position with Arkansas, a team that you've already beaten, if because Arkansas was expected to be one of those elite five, uh, six teams there in the SEC. And they have fallen behind. They found their way this past weekend when they just, or excuse me, on Wednesday, I believe it was, when they destroyed Missouri. But that game is not far behind. Like You, you, you take them on real soon. Um, if you can win that series, you go to Arkansas and win that game, um, you know, you've, you've still got to do some more than just that. But uh, you have that advantage over Arkansas, let's say, Come tournament time, that would be a huge um, thing for A&M to do. Uh, the the fact that they had beat them at home, beat them on the road. If now again, there's a lot of games before that. Like I'm looking at the schedule, you've got to beat Missouri. Have to, have to beat Missouri this weekend, and I think they will. Uh, I'm excited about that game. I think they will. I think it's a 2:30 start. You got the Missouri game. You got Kentucky here. Then you're on the road at Arkansas. Then back at home for LSU, South Carolina. You go three and two in that stretch, you're feeling pretty good about where you are. Still lots uh, of place to go, but that is a huge stretch for this season. But if you can take two of the next three, Missouri and Arkansas, or Missouri, Kentucky, you're feeling really good about it. Let's go. Hey, I'm optimistic, Nuno. David. That's what I am. Going two for three. I'm, I'm saying if. I'm very optimistic. I, you called me out the other I'm day. I'm with you. I'm with you. This team, the way they're playing, they believe right now. Look, college basketball, I think as much as, well, I'd say college baseball is similar too. When you get to playing well, and especially in this league where everybody is so evenly matched, I mean, take Missouri, Arkansas, A&M, and Alabama in the last few weeks. You know, Alabama is supposed to be the best of that bunch, right? They lose to Missouri. Then they take number one, or not number one. What, what did Auburn end up ranked this week? They take a top five Auburn team down to the final minute. Um, Arkansas, last year, Elite Eight team. A lot of people maybe thought they were going to be the best out of those four this year. They start conference play 0-3. Missouri beats Alabama. A&M beats Arkansas. All of a sudden, you know, you look up and, and uh, Arkansas is beating Missouri by – 50 or whatever it was so when all the these teams are so bunched up and it happens in in baseball it happens in football it happens in most sports in this conference because the teams are so good when you're in these longer seasons other than football and you're riding these hot streaks um it's all it's a lot of times it's playing the right team at the right time and a&m caught arkansas at the right time 
Um, hopefully they catch him again in a week and a half or so, and they still haven't put it all together. I know it looked like they did last night. That's just one game, so let's see. But that's why I thought I was giving you guys a hard time about Ole Miss, but that's why I thought A&M was going to win. I'm going, Ole Miss had done nothing to impress other than that they slugged Mississippi State pretty good. And I watched that game, and they were. I was like, okay, this is an impressive team. They did that playing at home against a rival. They were coming on the road the game after against A&M. They were already a five-loss team. Um, do I think Ole Miss stinks? Not at all. I think they were. that was a dangerous game. But I just felt like the Aggies, the way they were are playing right now, playing at Reed Arena, um, I thought there would be more energy, you know, the more these wins stack up. That was a tough ask for Ole Miss. Um, I think it's a tough ask to go win at Georgia and go win at Mizzou in this league, yeah. even with Mizzou getting thumped. But but the reality is, if you look at how A&M's playing versus what just happened to Missouri, um, it's as set up as you want it to be. It's kind of like when A&M went there to play uh, Mizzou in football. We thought that was such a dangerous trap game, such a trap game. But then by the time the game rolled up, you're going, well, these Aggies just beat Bama, and it's still something to watch, an early morning kick. But but that team was down. They were way down uh, with Basilak and those guys. They they were They were done for. So, so much of it, David, to me in college basketball is about the timing because A&M's going to, they're not going to just do this all year across an 18-game schedule. So you stack up, man, as many as you can when it's up and go back with what you said. In any form or fashion, obviously, if you beat Kentucky at home, that's a, that's a sitting at the top of your tournament resume for the rest of the year type of win. We'll talk about that when that game comes up, but if any combination of two of these next three, oh gosh, I mean, if you're sitting at five and one, six games into an 18 game conference schedule, I'll let you do the math on, you know, what does it take to get to, you know, 11 and seven in this league? You're sitting at five and one, go seven and six the rest of the way. I mean, six and six the rest of the way. So, I mean, that, I, that to me is kind of a magic number for not for this team, but I think in in this year's SEC, almost for any team. So yeah, if you can race out of the gates five and one. So this one Saturday is really big. Uh because a four and zero start too, as you know, and an eighth straight win, man, you start to get everyone's attention. You probably, even though that win doesn't really do anything for you, just that win, that might get you on the right side of that way too early bubble but to me it's just more about the conversation right now yep. and building here's the deal you get joe lenardi to put you in you get that where you're looking at the top of those standings and you have a massive crowd for the kentucky game and then a lot of those people are going to say hey this is fun i'm going to come back and win or lose against kentucky that experience and the kids especially coming back that might help you win a game or two down the stretch of this conference season so it's, uh, I think Saturday is a big deal. It all kind of builds on each other. You, you said it right. It builds on each other, and we'll get to the Kentucky and the Arkansas Self, game, the Kentucky and Arkansas game as we get closer to that. But you're good. You might you didn't put yourself you didn't think you'd be in this position, but you might be competing with Arkansas for that final six spot. Let's just say if six get good. in right, and if you have 
at worst, you split with them. But if you beat them twice and they start going the way we expect them to go to be a better team than they've showed the first part of the year, now your resume looks real good. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it's six or maybe even seven this year in this league because I think there's about five of them that are going to go. But there's also, and I don't know if it's Tennessee or if it's Alabama, or there's going to be somebody that right now everybody's all up on that's going to fall out and end up not being in the tournament. It happens every year. And, you know, I'm sitting here talking about 11 and seven. There's going to be somebody that was supposed to be good and that looked good up until, you know, the turn of the new year that's going to go, you know, you know, 500 in the conference or game over, and they're going to be sitting right there on that bubble and maybe fall out. So there's also those teams in front of you aren't guaranteed. Some of them are, but not all of them. And look, I don't want to be overly optimistic, uh, but who cares? No, but what I was going to say to that is there's been no reason to be optimistic the last couple of years. And now we're yeah. in a conversation that they've played well enough. They deserve Wait, this. Let me say something about that, because yeah. I read the crap all over the message boards and I saw how everyone buried buzz last year and heading into this year. And then there was the you know, everybody just gave him more ammo and stuff with the and ridiculous NCA stuff. Absurd when Will Wade's out there and everyone's kissing his ass um, for how he's coaching right now with that team that, that was bought and paid for. So uh, for what, what they did to A&M is despicable when you compare it to that they can't, they can't finalize and close out an investigation on that end, like just a bunch of, uh, for lack of a better word, little wimps. Um nutless wimps actually that can't do anything they're they're what are they called in game of thrones uh eunuchs but to me when when i'm looking at when i'm looking at what buzz has done i i've read all the stuff so i saw everyone just kind of ready to burn the whole thing down last year but let me point something out it is not for the last couple of years and i know you were in houston during this his first year here, the guy was SEC coach of the year. I watched them beat a good Arkansas team and run them out of the gym right before in their last game before the pandemic shut things down. And we had Olin and Logan in Nashville ready to cover an SEC tournament where there was a lot of excitement around A&M basketball. I believe, and, and maybe I'm wrong here, maybe it's 11-7. and seven. I believe they finished conference play 10-8. and eight and closed out on a nice winning streak in year one. And they probably, they didn't probably, they definitely would have needed to win at least two in the mm-hmm. SEC tournament to, to get into the big dance. And we're probably above, you know, not going to get in, but they were probably an NIT team in year one. And they were playing great basketball at the end of the season. So where they were bad was last year. And you can factor in the pandemic all you want and stuff. I, I, you know, they missed, what, several weeks due to COVID. It was a rough year for not only the program, but I think for Buzz and trying to manage it. And then you had, all, you know, had to completely retool the team. But look, without getting overly optimistic, like you said, and I agree, like we're, we shouldn't be sitting here saying, hey, this team's going to the tournament. We, we can sit here and go, hey, if they keep playing like this, they certainly can. Uh, not to say they will. They certainly have it in them if they continue to play this kind of basketball and maybe you particularly if they improve but if if they go above 500 in this league and go to the nit 
and it's two of three years here, you would have to grade out two of those three years as exceeding expectations in good. And, and I think that will happen. Now, the question is how much in today's day and age of flipping rosters, Nuno, if you see the potential there to get in, go ahead and do it. Go grab it and get in there because you just never know who's in or who's out of a, of a program. And I love what Buzz has done by taking these guys that have already used their free transfer and they're young. They're soft. They're second year guys. They're, they're red shirt. They're fresh. You know, I like that method because it's a lot more difficult for them to make the decision to leave and transfer because you have to sit out, but also they're not first round, even second round NBA guys at this point. So this is a team that I think can stay really together for two seasons, which is rare in today's college basketball. So I'm listening to you talk there, Billy, and I'm thinking to myself, football, the arrow's pointing up real high right now, right? Basketball, yeah. it feels like it's ascending. Baseball's not far along and uh, far away from starting. And I, we all believe in Schloss. That's another, like, what a, really what a great time in Aggie athletics. It's just the way it feels, at least of those three sports at the moment. Yeah, you'd love to, you'd love to, and, and look, People don't pay attention. We're gonna have I think we're gonna have uh, Coach Corton and uh, on here pretty quickly, and Sammy Bennett, number one golfer in the entire country. I mean, you go and look at some of the names that have held that spot over the years, and I think A and M fans need to realize there, there's a star over there at Traditions uh, on our campus right now. You know, it was last year it was a thing, Mo, and I think this year Sammy Bennett could be that guy. You know, and and uh, but men's, women's golf. I mean, there's a lot of sports right now that are the arrows trending way up. So, but, but yeah, in the big three, in the big three, you look at it and I, I'm sitting there going, I, I, you just love to hit kind of fast forward to five years from now and see where everything, where everything went. Cause it's never, you know, it's never in this day and age in college sports, never a sure thing, but man, I think they're positioned when you factor in all three sports as well as they have been for for a long, long time. Because it's never just quite synced up, David. It yeah. never really has. I mean, there's been times where it's been a really fun spring where it's been, you know, baseball and, and, and basketball are both going good. And those sat, there's a couple of those Saturdays where you do both. And there's this big baseball series one weekend and a huge – conference basketball game particularly used to be in the big 12 a couple times in the sec but then it's been where football hasn't been that good they i don't i'm trying to remember the last time they've all three been really really good and maybe there was a year but uh not many not often all right well, and, we and, and it's because the coaches also haven't really synced up where you've had and i look i think I think all three of these guys, if you look at their resume, are elite. You have a national champion. You have a guy that's been to Omaha five times um, and made runs in Omaha, which are not easy. And, and God knows how many Big 12 titles. But remember, TCU was nothing. TCU baseball was nothing before he got there. And you look at Buzz Williams. He took Marquette to an Elite Eight. And he had Virginia Tech basketball. That was nothing, nothing before he got there for 30 years. I think three tournaments in a row and had them within a tip in against Duke of being an elite eight team. So I think you've got three just 
top tier coaches in, in the three big sports. And, and, you know, it all happens on different paces, right? I mean, I don't think it's fair to expect Slosh to come in here and take this team to, you know, damn super regionals or something in year one. They were, they were last in the, in the SEC last year to the point that they didn't even make the SEC tournament. Um, so it takes, it's a different pace for each. Um, in some sports, it's harder than others. In some, it's easier to flip a roster than it is in others. I think this place is set up to succeed the most in, in football and, and baseball more so than basketball. So that there's that hurdle. But in basketball, you can flip the roster in, in like a day. So it's, it's all, it all, none of it's the same. You got to just kind of watch and let these guys go at their pace and give them a real chance to succeed because all they've ever proven is that they succeed when given the chance. So again, with buzz, I think we're starting to see that big time. All right. When we come back, let's talk a little Damani Richardson. I know you had a one-on-one with him yesterday. Big news there. But uh, right now, a moment for Caldwell Country Chevrolet Highway 21 in Caldwell Online, CaldwellCountryChevrolet.com. Billy goes there. I'm going to go there here very soon when I get my vehicle. Everybody at Texas goes there. I think everybody in the Brazos Valley is going out there to Caldwell Country Chevrolet because they've got the, the best selection, the best people, the best customer service, the best, the yada, the yada, the yada. Zach Hester has done such a wonderful job with Caldwell Country Chevrolet, uh, the, the best customer service out there. You go there, they're going to take care of you before, during, after the process. You go online, you're going to see all the amazing deals that they have out there. Uh, you just want to go somewhere you trust people, right? So, like, don't, don't sell me something without like telling me the, the goods. Tell me everything I need to know. That's what they do there at Caldwell Country Chevrolet. 15-minute drive, Brian and Caldwell, short conversation away, but you'll see the difference when you step on the lot and do business with Zach and the fellows there at Caldwell Country Chevrolet. Highway 21 in Caldwell, online, caldwellcountrychevrolet.com. Yeah, yeah, Texas Radio. Here on a Friday. Presented by David Gardner's Jewelers in the Rollo Insurance Studio. We've got Billy on the BCSI hotline. Hi, right, Billy. Uh, yesterday you had some awesome news. I, th- I think news that people were hoping, not necessarily expecting, but that they, you know, it's kind of like the uh, Anias news where, like, you saw there could be a chance there, um, and, and it came to fruition. Damani tells you um, that he's going to stay at A&M for another year, another opportunity. Yeah, look, I said before all this that you weren't keeping – Marv, you weren't keeping Kenyon. And regardless of what the NFL grades were, you weren't keeping Isaiah or – because those two were going to be first-rounders. But I knew that the Isaiah and, and Widemeyer, it just, it just felt like they were guys that were gone. Not, not in a bad way. It just felt like they were, they were three-year starters and they were, on, they were going to leave. Um, and by the way, they both might go one or two – certainly top three at their position in the upcoming draft, if not top. So that might not, might not result in a first round selection, but if you're going to be the first one at your position taken or the second, it doesn't get much better than that. So you kind of knew those four were going to leave and it was going to take, I actually think the one that you had to act, not a shot, but the, the one, if there was any, you could have kept, it might've actually been Kenyon. I think he considered it, believe it or not. Um, but Outside of that, I thought there were three guys that was very important to see who you could keep out of that group. And it was Tyree Johnson, because I'm sitting here, I'm sitting here looking at O'Shawn Mathis, who's going to leave TCU. Bama offered him yesterday. He's probably going to go to Texas and follow uh, Pitts Patterson over there. And 
I was sitting there going, that guy, you know, like I look at A&M's team next year and that D-line, I heard you and Olin talking about it. It's going to be good. I think it's going to be really good. I could tell you where you could see Shamar Turner to Miche Delier, McKinley Jackson. I mean, those are three basically five-star guys. It could be three or four starters, and maybe it ends up being Walter Nolan. That might be an all – I know McKinley just missed the five-star cut. That might be an all-five-star D-line, and that doesn't count guys like Rakes and Diggs. And, but if you could add just this twitchy edge got like Tyree Johnson – would have been really significant. Now, with that said, it was Tyree, it was Anias, and it was Damani. Those were the three that in today's day and age, you looked at and said, we can keep those guys. Um, and it was really important to do it because imagine this team, if Richardson and Anias Smith had turned pro. I mean, it's a big, that to me, that is a big swing. Damani could be a second-round draft pick at safety. Um, if his best year is this coming season, and if they can find a way to maybe utilize him a little differently than he's been utilized, uh, I, you start to see Elko, he mentioned it in the interview with me, blitz him more, line, you know, let him make more TFLs and stuff, and he was wreaking havoc back there at Bama. Uh, you know, um, you remember that Auburn game? He was pretty... Uh, uh, Ole Miss, I believe, even. So, Damani has a chance to be, I think, like an all-SEC an all performer at safety. No question. Um, and then in Anias, I think you have a guy that should start out as no worse than a second-team all-SEC, uh, just kind of all-purpose guy, if not first-team. And, and, and we also know that Anias, just the value he brings to that receiving core, the toughness uh, just to this roster, period. Uh, so it was significant to get both of them back. And, and Damani Richardson, I mean, this is going to be a four-year starter. He's a future NFL player that I think at worst goes in the top half of the draft and, and could play his way. I think I think he's one of those guys, David, that you look at and you say, this dude could play his way a lot higher. He was hurt a lot his sophomore year. His freshman and junior years were really good. Um, but I think he's got great football in him. And now you look at that safety position. If you go Damani Richardson and Antonio Johnson lining up side by side with a, with you know with the Jordan Gilbert and those true freshmen that are coming in, that safety position is is going to be flat out nasty. And I don't know. I, I stopped listening to y'all before Olin got to secondary. And I think, I think. That will be the most improved position on this A&M team. I said it before last year, and I thought it, it, it has taken a jump each of Jimbo's four years. But damn, man, we don't even talk about Miles Jones. Nobody even mentions his name. He's coming back for year six, and he's a guy that had just gotten better and better and better until that foot thing. And if that thing's fully healed up, you could return Miles Jones Jalen Jones in, in year three as a starter. Miles Jones is a year six guy. Damani Richardson in year four as a starter. A junior potential first rounder, in my opinion, in Antonio Johnson. Um, and that that's for and Tyreek Chappelle, who started last year. So you return five guys that have started a lot of football at Texas A&M, including a potential first rounder, including a sixth year guy, including 
uh, a third year, a couple of third year starters. So I, and that again, that's if they remember who they have to hold off too. I mean, there's a nickel spot to be fought for there. There's a corner spot. Denver Harris is here at the midterm. Bobby Taylor is here at the midterm. Uh, Marcus Groves, Killebrew, torn ACL, but he's here at the midterm. Jared Curse here at the midterm. Smoke Bowie coming in. Like, they, whew, Bryce Anderson is here on campus. So, I mean, it, it is a an embarrassment of riches in the secondary. And what I like about it, David, is you got a couple of veterans. Demani will be gone after this year. I think Antonio will play well enough to be gone, and Miles will be gone. So all those guys, it's not going to be like they all have to sit and get impatient and stuff. You can start mixing them in with the veterans this year. And then it's set up really nicely for this to be a, let's just call it a Georgia, Alabama, what we used to see at LSU kind of secondary. All right, Bailey, when we come back, I want a little bit more on that because the the movement in college football really makes retention so, so important uh, and that yeah. includes guys going to the NFL. I also want to ask you what tier you think A&M is right now heading into next season as of January, as of January 14th. We'll have that and more on Texags Radio. It is Texags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Tools. What is that? Is that like 18 in Life by Skid Row? What is let me, that? Let me ask the folks there if they're listening. I had no idea. I just, yeah, it was just a guess. I could... Just a guess? 18 in Life? It's probably not, but. I don't know what it was. I was interested. You liked it to hear. What it meant. Yeah. I just, I it was just so low and going. I was going to build up to some sort of, and I, I couldn't get it. So figure that out. Find I already got the out, answer please, for you. You are correct. But that it, according to our producer Nick Savage there at uh, KZNE at the Zone, he says you are correct, Billy. Not bad. I don't think there's anybody in the world that would have gotten that. I didn't know. But that doesn't surprise you at all. By world, I mean it, Texags. You guys don't know good music. I got Olin, you, Mr. Bad Bunny. Um, who else? Dalton, who said Dalton, who says he doesn't understand how anyone could like Bon Jovi. I, I agree with. And Dalton. I said, well, Bon Jovi would probably what? I agree with Dalton. He had the, the Young Gun song was awesome. That's uh, you know that's shameful. Living on Nuno, a prayer. That's shameful. What did you listen to in the eighties? Criss Cross. Yeah. In the nineties, I bet you're a big Criss Cross guy at A Leaf. Yeah. Oh, jump, 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 and then like <laughs> you probably big Bone Thugs and oh, yeah. Harmony guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. End of the road. Big big Excuse new me. edition. Crossroads. Yeah. Guess what? Guess what? What's that? I liked them all, and I still can appreciate. Bon effing Jovi. I like Duran Duran. I'm gonna tell you this. Okay, okay. I'll I like Van Halen. Might as well jump. Sammy Hagar. Yeah, I drive 55. Okay. The fact that you like those gives me a little hope for you yet. Yeah. But I bet there's not a one-hit 80s wonder that you you could even name. I had the tiger. Bam. No, they're not a one-hit wonder. Have you Survivor? ever heard of Survivor? What else did they make? The search is over. Never heard it. Exactly. Let's move along, please. Journey. If you, who doesn't love Journey? Not because of the Sopranos. Yeah, you, you, Journey. If you if you're, yeah, Journey's Journey's outstanding. Yeah. And listen, Bon Jovi and Journey will probably be my like they're on my schedule for this spring because Bon Jovi I see is playing in Dallas at the AAC and I fully intend 
I've never been to see him. Uh, he's getting a little old. I've seen some things on YouTube. That voice ain't what it was. Right. It's kind of like it's kind of like I'm not sure I couldn't sing better than him like today in a sing off. Um, but I still I haven't seen him. Uh, my list of people that um, that I really want to see that I haven't seen, he's up near the top of it actually. I had the Wham album. I bet you did too. I did not. I don't remember. But I, George Michael is is one of the more underrated voices. I think I, I that dude's he crushes it. You got to have faith, Billy. You got to have faith. I do remember. I'll say this is to tell you my exact age. So anybody listening, I remember in six. It was I vividly remember specifically remember sixth grade. You know. It was when concerts would come through town like once a year and there weren't like a bunch of concerts. There was no Internet to look up concerts on. So it was like, wow, Madonna's coming in concert. Michael Jackson, Prince, Bruce Springsteen and everybody at school the next day that went that their parents took them to the concert, you know, would roll up in a shirt because you also couldn't order the shirts on the Internet. You had to be at the concert to get the concert shirts. And I remember after the Wham concert, man, like every single girl at Sugarland Junior High rolled in with a with a Wham shirt with like George Michael and uh, Andrew Ridgely, the two big giant faces. It was like so that was like when they were big. It was like sixth grade for me. I liked you too. I liked the Police. All right, so it's not just. Johnny Gill and Bobby Brown. There were there was there was other stuff in there too. And Put I listened on your red dress. And uh, on your Frank body. Stallone. He was awesome. What? Frank Stallone, Sylvester's brother, made great songs. Frank Stallone. All right, I, I'm done. I'll see you later. Thanks, Frank Stallone. <laughs> I had him on my show once just because he's random. Hey, uh, I do want to ask you about retention. Okay, so the Damani and Anaya news beyond us here knowing how big it is. It's yeah. like getting a huge transfer when you got a guy who can go to the NFL and probably get drafted in a, in a good place, stick around for one more year. This is the new world of college football where the transfers are something you got to think about, but you also got to think about guys going to the league, staying, and with NIL, you can keep some of these guys in the past who were lost. Yeah, and look, I'm looking at the guys that came back last year that, that really legitimately – thought about leaving or could have that came back for an extra year and it's Clemens and it's Tyree and, and uh, Aaron Hansford. Um, who else was on that list? It was Clemens, Tyree, Hansford. Uh, and then it was guys like Carper, Miles Jump, but Peavy. Take those guys, those guys in the front four. Tyree Johnson, Aaron Hansford, Jaden Peavy, and Michael Clemens. What a difference they made this past season. I know somebody would go, well, we went eight and four. Yeah, you could have been like five and seven without those guys. With a quarterback injury, the defense carried you. Uh, they carried you on the road at Denver to a game that was set up to lose after Haynes went down. They carried you in that Auburn game where that was just a, a defense wins it game. And uh, all, most of those guys I just said made huge plays in that Bama victory as well. So – Think about that group, and if you take and put in Damani Richardson and Anaya Smith, and I'm not taking anything when Michael Clemens was sensational this year. Tyree Johnson had eight sacks. Clemens had four there in one game. Uh, Peavy was a grown-ass man all season. 
But DeMont coming into the this season they chose to come back for, Damani Richardson and, and especially Anaya Smith, both of them, though, have proven much, much more than any guy, any members of that group. And both of these guys were going to be drafted higher than any member of that group. Uh, so getting these two back is is more significant than anything they brought back last year. And what they brought back last year was really productive and a big part of this uh, this past football team. So just to kind of give you an idea of what we're talking about in terms of what's returning. And, and look, I think A&M, it was significant to get them back too because the Aggies needed to show that they can get some guys back for, for what should be their best year of football. And in today's day and age, if you're losing every guy prior to it being his best year that it should be on your campus. But it's wild, Nuno. I'm doing a long write-up, and I'm not making any promises. I don't know if I'll finish it today because what I do is I take these notes, kind of outline, just jot them down, the talking points, and I don't know if I've got five more left or 12 more. I don't know how many I did, but today, tonight, today, or Sunday. But one of the things I'm talking about is attrition. And we're entering a, a world that's going to suck in college football. I'm just going to tell you, for A&M, for Alabama, for Georgia, for LSU, Texas, Ohio, it doesn't matter. OU, and some teams are seeing it now. And Nick Saban's trying to warn everybody. And everybody thinks it's Nick Saban going, I'm warning you because we're about to play that game. A- Alabama fans, if you want to believe that, and you want to believe that A&M paid $30 million and you guys weren't paying – like whatever okay if you guys think that you're not one of the schools Jimbo was talking about when they said there's been NIL forever it just wasn't legal keep thinking that my point is this Nick Saban was saying what I'm about to say is every college football let's just take one class here let's talk freshmen every college football player in the country on any level They are going to bolt with their position coaches. They're going to bolt with their coordinators. They're going to bolt with their head coaches. But here's the deal. Take just the freshmen. And and I'm talking about guys A&M just signed, guys Bama, Georgia, Texas. I'm going through the top five right here. You sign a guy anywhere, and he plays his ass off as a freshman. And now you've got tape proving they can do it, say, in the SEC or the Big 12 or the, or the Big 10. If you don't think that kid's DM is going to be filled up with every coach that recruited him at another program, promising them NIL deals, and every freshman after one year is going to go in and say, hey, Coach Nuno, I got offered 200000 to go play at Ole Miss, or I got offered – Texas is offering me a million. Are they going to pay him a million? Hell no. But that's what they're saying. So those kids come back. Well, you know, why would I, you know, I want to stay, but they offered me a million. That's with the really good ones. And then think about, and I'm not saying this is like going to hurt A&M. A&M could win. Everybody's going to win and lose on this thing. Let's say there's somebody that plays their butt off at Baylor, Oak State, or, or, uh, Arkansas this year and it was somebody that maybe A&M passed on but they were close to offering and then they hey it's that's the way it's going to be Bama is going to pick guys off right and left but then you also have the guys that maybe they don't play as a true freshman 
but they're going to start as a sophomore or like, like say like, uh, I think of somebody that this happened to like in Antonio Johnson, his freshman year, where he's just like a nickel guy that played a little bit. Hey, I'm Nick Saban. We're Bama. We, we recruited you out of high school. We got an opportunity for you to start and NIL. Like the thing's a mess right now. There's going to be very little loyalty. There's going to be, it's open season in the direct messages and everything like no, there's no, nobody is operating under any fear of being uh, caught in trouble, nothing. Uh, They're going to lie to kids about how much money they can make. Um, It's insane. I mean, I've heard of like guys that are like second, third team, all sec, all conference. I've heard of guys being told by other schools that they'll come over there and make a million dollars. And it's like, no, no one's taking a second or third round SEC pick and paying them a million. They're just, it's not happening. It's a lie. It's not true. But once they get them there, it's not, it's done. Um, and then they'll sign them to some deal that will probably still make them happy, even though it wouldn't be a million. And it's one you could have got at the school you stayed at. So I think it's a total disaster. And that's coming from somebody that's sitting here and we're doing NIL with the stack thing, because I do think the athletes, should get should get paid. I think they should have been paid for for years and years. I just think regulation has to come in at some point because this is going to be an absolute mess. And as a head football coach today, you can't win. Uh, if a guy plays and he plays too well in your lesser school, you're going to lose him to a bigger program. If a guy doesn't play enough in year one, you got to sit there the whole off season and worry about someone throwing around fake money to convince them to go to to go to go to their school. So. It's it's brutal, and it's why coaches like Harbaugh might leave. It's why it wouldn't shock me to see like a Ryan Day up and leave. You go, why? He could coach at Ohio State for 15, 20 years. He could be their Bob Stoops. Uh, he could be their Bobby Bowden. He's going to the NFL. Why? And I think this is a big part of that, and that's, it's a problem for college football. All right, uh, Billy, when we come back, let's have some final thoughts here. Talk some basketball, too, to close out the show. It's Tech Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. It is Tech Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. I know a lot of you have been sending text messages on the AMB text line. I think our line was out for a little bit because um, things are popping up from this morning right now from 8 a.m. So apologies if I did not get to some of your text messages, but thank you for participating in the show uh, the BCSI hotlines where you'll find Billy Lucci to close out the show. Billy, we, we talked at, about it at the top of the of the show, but the importance of getting win stacks of wins over wins, especially with the meat of your schedule really still coming up. Uh, this this Missouri game, a game that I expect A&M to win, uh, can't take them lightly because they have shown the ability to beat a good Alabama team, especially at home, but a game you should win. Yeah, it is. It's and again, like you said, it's not a road game in the SEC. Just ask Alabama, you know, especially when their star player, their best player, is a guy that was signed with A and M when when Buzz got there. And you know, so there's going to be a little extra chip on his shoulder. And he's coming off a a pretty terrible game against Arkansas after an incredible game against um, Bama. So you'd expect him to, you know, mentally bounce back and be ready to have another good one. So you're going to get. I'd be shocked if you didn't get the good version of this Missouri team, which, again, A&M should still beat the good version of that team, but it's it's not a given. It's by, it's far from a given. So the Aggies are just going to have to go there and, and play well on the road, and if they play well, they don't have to be perfect. 
Um, but if they go play well on the road, I think they'll come come out of that 4-0 in the league. It'd be a big deal. But they, they're going to have to – this is a test. This is a bigger test than going to Georgia, and they barely held on to win that one. But I also saw them build an almost 20-point lead because they were that much better than Georgia. Um, and now I think this basketball team – in game four versus game one is probably a hell of a lot more confident to going on the road in SEC play than they were to open the, uh, to open the, not the open the conference season. And here's the thing to consider too. Early on when I had my questions about this team, they were beating them because of long range three balls and, and great defense. They have shown now the ability to score in the paint. And that comes in transition, obviously from great defense, but also Henry Coleman uh, has been a dominant force there in the paint, and that now opens up everything else offensively for A and M, which is why I kind of like their offense now. Which when I was I had question marks. Yeah, I mean you had question marks. You and you and Logan had question marks a game ago. Just loaded up with them. We're gonna have question marks. I, I like listening to you and Lucas yesterday. We're we're gonna have question marks about this team all year. They're not gonna be the the this this flawlessly constructed team and this team without flaws and and without like I said some ebbs and flows and highs and lows this year and they're gonna you know like I said we've already seen them lose a game because of free throws and that's certainly an issue there's gonna be just you know we've seen them give up some leads uh fortunately they were against teams that they were able to hold off because those leads were so big but they're they're gonna be dry spells this is not an offensive team that other teams are going to look at and go man they're just unstoppable um but they're a good solid basketball team and getting better that's what i think we're looking at right now and and that's exciting and um i think that's why i'm excited to see what they are able to go do on the road tomorrow billy got this quick text that i want you just to kind of quickly get into 75 percent. this is from joshua 75 percent of last year's sacks won't be on the roster in 2022 how successful do you think a&m will be in replacing that production because uh, there are some real young five-star slash four-star talent coming back. A lot of talent, um, but certainly that, that is a lot, a high percentage of, of the tackles back there. Yeah, a, a guy that will be a key will be Tumiche. Shamar Turner showed us a lot this year. Um, but I, I even think some of the true freshmen. But you got to get a veteran defensive end to step up and, and take that next step. And I think if there's any one guy that that's going to be, uh, Fadil Diggs is, is the name is the name to watch there. I still I still look at it and I go, man, there would have been room for an elite uh, transfer pass rusher. I really think once Tyree Johnson left, I would have liked to have seen them make that kind of addition. But you know, hey, look, when you sign that many borderline five stars, David. Marvin Leal was really good as a true freshman. McKinley Jackson's good as a true freshman. Uh, there's been a lot of them, and so I think you, you're just going to have to look at it to come from that group. Thank you, Billy. All right, Dave. All right, that'll do it for Texas Radio here on a Friday. We will see everyone on Monday. Thank you so much for listening and watching. We'll see you then. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. 
Midi clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.